a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. And welcome to this week's episode. We're going to be talking about the gangsters, the scum and villainy of the Star Wars uh, galaxy and basically like the crime syndicates, the major organizations, the criminal organizations that were in power uh, during the canon timeline. So without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir. So the first crime family that I'm going to be talking about is the Hutt clan. And now the Hutts were called by a few different names. It was the Hutt clan, the Hutt uh, council, the Hutt cartel, or just the Hutts. They were ruled by the Hutt council, and they were primarily based on Nal Hutta. They also had bases of operations on planets like Teth, Tatooine, and Nar Shaddaa. Uh, the most famous member of their sort of organization was, in fact, Jabba the Hutt, who you would know from the movies. Uh, but other important uh, members would include Gardula and Zero the Hutt, who was Jabba's uncle, and uh, the twins, who we saw in the Book of Boba Fett. They controlled major hyperspace lanes in the Outer Rim without major opposition and actively practiced slavery and illegal smuggling. They made an alliance with the Republic during the Clone Wars after the Jedi returned Rode of the Hutt, uh, Jabba's son, to him after he was kidnapped by the Separatists, and later joined Darth Maul's Shadow Collective during the latter days of the Clone Wars, and there was obviously run by the Hutts. And if you want to learn more about Hutts, then you can go back and listen to episode 48 of this podcast, which is uh, one of my species profiles where I went more in-depth into Hutts as a species. Next up, we have the Pikes, who have been getting some love recently in uh, canon. They were a spice cartel, and for those of you who don't know, spice is a euphemism for a narcotic drug, uh, just kind of a general narcotic drug present in the Star Wars mythos, very similar to the spice uh, that is present in the Dune uh, franchise, which in that it's more of a hallucinogen. But uh, the Pikes were primarily based on Obadiah, and prominent leaders of their cartel included Lom Pike, who was killed by Count Dooku, and then Marge Krim, who we see in command after Lom's death. They utilized slave labor on Kessel to mine spice, which we saw in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, you see l- laboring Wookiees who are rescued by Han Solo and Chewbacca, as well as other sentients. Um... They joined Maul's Shadow Collective during the latter days of the Clone Wars as well. So just to get it out of the way, uh, the Shadow Collective that Maul created was initially made up of Death Watch, who were the Mandalorian terrorist group led by Pre Vizsla, the Huts, the Pikes, and then the Black Sun, who I'll be talking about here in a little bit. Um, and then later Crimson Dawn was a part of it as well. But um, they also attempted to, the Pikes attempted to take over Tatooine from Boba Fett after Jabba the Hutt's death in order to expand their spice running empire. And they were obviously run by the Pikes, which is the name of a species. And if you want to learn more about the Pikes, then you can go back to episode 77, uh, where I went over them more in depth. Once again, it's another species profile. So feel free to check that out if you want to learn more about them. 
Next up, we have the Black Sun Syndicate. They were a crime syndicate who took advantage of the Jedi being distracted by the Clone Wars. So basically, before the Clone Wars, the Jedi had a better capacity to deal with uh, essentially crime organizations on a smaller scale. Whereas during the Clone Wars, uh, they were spread very thin throughout the galaxy and all of their focus was put towards the Separatist movement. So organizations like the Black Sun were able to gain more traction uh, because the Jedi's focus was directed elsewhere. They were uh, primarily based on Ord Mantell, but they also had bases of operations on planets like Mustafar, as we see in the Clone Wars. Prominent leaders include Zayt and Maj, who took over after all of their leaders were brutally murdered and beheaded at the hands of Savage Press at the behest of Darth Maul. Uh, they, their primary trade was sentient trafficking, so they didn't deal as much in the uh, actual processing of slaves, like uh, another organization that I'm going to be talking about later in this episode. But they did uh, greatly partake in the transportation of these sentients uh, from point A to point B. So basically, slave trading was their uh, primary trade. They also joined Maul Shadow Collective during the latter days of the Clone Wars. They were the first group to join, quote-unquote, um, they were kind of coerced into doing so because, like I said, Darth Maul and Savage Press saw to it that all of the leaders who initially re- uh, resisted the invitation to join were, were beheaded. So Zayn Maj was left to make the decision, and he uh, understandably chose to join Maul. Um, they also allied themselves with the Galactic Empire, to help keep tabs on the Outer Rim during the Imperial Era. And they uh, were run by Feline nobles. And the Feline, uh, if you want to learn more about them, you can go to my most recent species profile, which is episode 81. Uh, And they are the last species that I go over in that episode. So if you want to learn more about them, then go ahead and check that out. Um, Next up, we have the Crimson Dawn, which was a crime syndicate with the base of operations on Dathomir. Prominent leaders include Darth Maul, Dryden Voss, and Lady Kira. They were a splinter group from the Shadow Collective and an infamous syndicate during the Imperial Era. They were run by Kira after Maul's death. Obviously, we see a lot of their involvement in a lot of their operations during Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, And we see Kira's betrayal of Dryden Voss and the fact that she is working under Darth Maul's tutelage and he gives her the invitation to come and visit him on Dathomir in order to uh, kind of further her training, which is a super interesting thing. And once Kira took over, there have been a lot of storylines about her in the comics, which sound really interesting. I'm not a huge comics guy myself, but one of them includes her getting Han Solo's body that's frozen in carbonite, stealing it from Boba Fett. He has to go and track her down. It's a whole thing, and it sounds really, really interesting and fascinating. Uh, and really entertaining. So, uh, but ultimately, her goal whenever she took over after Maul was killed was uh, to disrupt and take down the Sith and the Empire, um, which ultimately, obviously, she was not successful. But she is an interesting character and a very interesting player in the galactic theater during that time period. And I'm really interested to see how they may incorporate her in the future because there's a lot of talk about there being a Maul. 
uh, animated spinoff series about him kind of acting as a crime lord, which I think could be really interesting. And there's a lot of opportunity to have Kira incorporated into shows like Kenobi or Andor that take place during the um, during the Imperial era, and especially shows like Andor, which are supposed to happen more uh, more along the lines of whenever um, Maul is already dead, so Kira would be in full control over Crimson Dawn by that point. Uh, either that, or maybe we could see something in a show like The Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian with some indication that Kira is still in control then and see how she's operating after the Empire actually falls. There's a lot of opportunities uh, for a lot of different things, and I think that it would be super interesting to see her character fleshed out more because I think there's a lot of wasted opportunities uh, that were set up in Solo that, I mean, it's really unfortunate that it did as badly as it did because it was really solely because of the backlash following The Last Jedi. So it's a real shame, but hopefully we get a little more content uh, in that same vein moving forward. But uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about Darth Maul, who is who was for most of the time the primary um, leader of Crimson Dawn, then you can go back to episode 64. That's when I went through a character profile of Darth Maul, super fascinating character who has been fleshed out in, I think, the best possible way uh, with existing content that, that followed his initial um, appearance in Phantom Menace. So definitely go and check that out if you want to learn more about his character. Uh, then lastly, we have the Zygerian Slave Empire. And so they were obviously a slaving enterprise primarily based on Zygeria, but they also had a processing facility on Kadavo. Um, prominent members include Mirage, Sintel, and Dars Dinar, who were introduced to both of them during the Clone Wars and during the Zygerian arc of the Clone Wars. Their primary trade was slave tra trafficking and processing, so unlike the Black Sun, who mainly uh, operated in the sense that they would transport slaves and, and other sentients from place to place, the Zygerians would process these slaves and make them submissive and break them, um, which we see a little bit of during the Clone Wars. And then they would bring them to the market. And they're very sadistic, very brutal beings, very um, selfish and uh, only really um, in, like interested in their own uh, in their own wealth and in their own power. So, uh, and you, you, that's on full display within the, uh, within the Clone Wars episodes following them. They allied themselves with the Confederacy of Independent Systems, the Separatist Alliance, during the Clone Wars, and this was after they had disappeared from the Galactic Theater for uh, a, a good amount of time due to opposition from the Jedi, because obviously the Jedi were stringently opposed to slavery. And uh, the Zygerians were kind of the most infamous slave runners uh, of the Old Republic in, in the time before the Clone Wars. And so the Jedi made a point to take them down. And obviously they rose again to prominence during the Clone Wars. And they had to be put in check once again. And they were run by the Zygerians who are in episode 77 as well. Um, I went through them in the same character profile that I did for the Pikes. So if you're wanting to learn more about them as a species, then go ahead and listen to that 
to round it out, I got some honorable mentions who I think were either interesting enough to at least kind of touch on, but maybe I didn't have enough information on them, or uh, I've already done some other episodes about them, so I didn't feel the need to go as much in depth as I did uh, in that one. But the first one is the Crimora Syndicate, and they were the one of the five major crime syndicates of the Imperial era, the others being Crimson Dawn, Black Sun, the Pikes, and the Huts. And I don't know too much about them, but they were mentioned in the Wikipedia article that I was reading. So I felt uh, that I should at least mention them. The Bounty Bounty Hunters Guild was uh, essentially the centralization of Bounty Hunter Authority and almost like a unionization of them to kind of make sure that everyone was getting jobs and uh, everybody had a job or had, had the opportunity to get jobs. And so it wasn't like kind of monopolized, kind of like Cad Bane or Jango Fett would have done in the past. Um, the Coruscant Underworld is kind of a notorious uh, hub for scum and villainy, along with uh, places like Moss Eisley, which you'll never find in a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Um, both of those, I feel like, are worth mentioning as far as uh, kind of scug holes, as people in the Star Wars galaxy may call them. Um, where criminals and criminal activity were a little more rampant and uh, you could kind of find some more rough characters uh, in, in either of those places. And then finally, we have Death Watch, who I mentioned originally uh, when we were talking about the Shadow Collective. And uh, they were essentially a Mandalorian terrorist group. Um, and if you want to keep talking about like these kind of non-Sith threats, we could also talk about the Nihil, who were the kind of anarchist group um, during the High Republic era that I've kind of talked about during my reviews of those books uh, that were essentially marauders that would go around disrupting the peace and keeping the Jedi on their toes. They would overwhelm the Jedi with uh, sheer numbers as well as just brutal tactics that had never been seen. But um, I'm currently reading the most recent High Republic novel, so I'll get a review to y'all as soon as I'm done with that. But that being said, that's about all that I have for this episode, but it wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. Alright, so today I have for y'all that George Lucas and Lucasfilm had announced a show called Star Wars Underworld back in 2005, which was put on hold indefinitely due to budget constraints in 2010. The show would have been live action and would have been set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and in the Coruscant Underworld, which I think would have been super interesting. It would have been uh, kind of a glimpse into the private life of Palpatine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there, there could have been some really cool stuff that went down in it, but obviously it never happened. And so potentially uh, down the line, maybe we could hope for something uh, in that same vein, potentially with the Darth Maul spinoff show. So... Uh, We'll see where that takes us, but there's a lot of potential with these gangsters. We're kind of getting a glimpse into it with the Book of Boba Fett. Um, Hopefully we get something a little more compelling than the Book of Boba Fett moving forward, but uh, that's about all that I have for this episode. Make sure that you stay tuned. For this month's uh, edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent, that should be coming out in the next couple weeks. And uh, get excited for Kenobi because we're almost a month away. And uh, yeah... 
super pumped for all the content that I'm going to be bringing to you in the future. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.